You're listening to a Mango Languages podcast. Language teaching is hard, but there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic. That's why we created this show, Teaching Languages Today, a podcast for world language educators about what's working and what's not. Listen in for the problems fellow teachers are facing, learn what solutions they found, and get some much-needed self-care reminders of why you fell in love with teaching in the first place. Hi, I'm Emily, your host for the show. In each episode, I'll be taking you on a journey into seeing world language ed through a new lens by sitting down with an all-star lineup of teachers, administrators, parents, and students. It's my hope that the stories you hear in this show will get you thinking and feeling different about what you do in the classroom. Hello, educators. Konnichiwa. Emily here. In this episode, we're talking about funding. Money, 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 money. Every language program needs it, but not every school knows how to get it. The good news is this. There is funding out there for your school's language programs, and you can get it. In this episode, you're going to meet my dear colleague and education funding expert, Stephanie Bjork, and she is going to tell you everything you need to know about how to win grants for your world language programs, from what grants are out there, how you apply for them, and what they can be used for. And some of the allowed uses might surprise you. Anyways, get ready for a great episode because Stephanie reveals some little-known secrets about educational grant writing that will allow you to elevate your school's language programs from surviving to thriving. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Stephanie, the funding wizard, Bjork. Thank you so much for being here, Stephanie. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I am good. Thanks for asking. So I heard Stephanie through the grapevine that you're learning a language. Which one? Sí, estoy aprendiendo español con mango. Habla un poco de español. Hey, muy bien. Que chévere. I, I love Spanish. I taught Spanish for a while, so I'm excited to practicar contigo. Okay, so Stephanie, you and I know each other because, spoiler alert, we both work at Mango Languages. And let me tell you, you're such a joy to work with. Gracias, Emily. Igualmente. It is so much fun to come to work every day. So I know you, but our viewers may not. Tell us, who are you? What do you do at Mango? And how did you come to know so much about education funding? Professionally, why do I know so much about grants? Uh, my background's in contract and proposal management. And when you combine that with my master's in distance education and e-learning, it is a recipe for success with education grants. I've worked in the education technology space for more than 17 years, and I joined Mango last year. And since joining Mango, I'm so excited. I've had the pleasure of working closely with the K-12 Mango team on relevant funding topics to help our current and future clients. That's why I was so excited when you invited me to be on the show. Um, we know that our teachers and administrators are stretched thin, so we want to do whatever we can. And so to that end, I regularly research and provide notices of relevant grants and opportunities to our Mango account executives and managers who work closely with those K-12 schools. Here at Mango, I've worked hand-to-hand -hand with some clients, and I, I feel their frustration and, and almost fear when you were working on a grant. And so it doesn't have to be scary. You should have someone that can help you. And so that's what we're trying to do. 
Amazing. Oh my gosh. We, so our, our listeners have lots of questions for you and I'm pumped because you have lots of answers. So the first thing I really want to know, so Stephanie, when it comes to funding, what is the one thing that you're the most surprised that schools don't know? Um, that they have funding available for world language programs and they don't know where to find them. Um, many individuals I speak with are familiar with funding for English language learners, but not how they can use funding for world languages. And those English language funds are different than the world language funding. Yeah, and I, I bet a lot of administrators might be surprised to learn if, if their programs are new, that ESL grants and world language grants aren't necessarily the same thing, right? There are different exactly. Exactly. Different, different pots of money. You think of world language is that enrichment uh, programs and those English learners um, might be using Title III funds, which are also federal funding. There are grants out there that schools can be applying for. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's start there. Where do schools find these grants? Well, you can start at grants.gov. That is going to be your primary source for grant notices. And the district administrator, whoever manages that account or the SAM.gov account, they can actually create searches and get notified of available grants. And anyone, regardless of whether they have a account, can search that portal for grant opportunities. So you could put in English learners, you could put in world language, and it's going to pull up anything that's relevant to that topic. Now, there are additionally, if you go to www.ed.gov, backslash email updates. Did you get all that? <laughs> Don't worry. We've linked this and every other resource that Stephanie mentions for you in the episode description. So just sit back and enjoy listening. The links will be ready and waiting for you after the episode. Now on that particular website, you'll find a free service where you can receive information about K-12 issues and information on new grant opportunities from the federal government. Now, there are also paid services out there that do that searching and compiling for you, such as grantsalert.com. Make sure you put an S after grants there. Mango partners with RFP School Watch On Demand to receive notices of relevant grants. And when we see something relevant to world language and English learners, we are sure to pass it along to our partners. Let's be real when it comes to funding. There are so many grants and so little time. <laughs> they take a long time to put together. We've got ESSER, DODEA, Title I Part A, Title I Part C. Please help us understand. What are the main grants that schools need to know about that are relevant for world language programs? Well, this is a great question. And yes, there are a lot, but arguably the most important one to know right now, so just currently, if you're new to the grant world, is ESSER. So the ESSER stands for Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief Funds. And this was the largest ever federal funding ever allocated in K-12. So we are talking $190 billion. And the intent of that fund was to help those schools go from surviving to thriving after the difficulties they faced during the pandemic. And all of this funding comes from a law called the Every Student Succeeds Act, or ESSA. You'll hear that a lot, otherwise known as the Elementary and Secondary Education Act. So this is one of the most important laws in education, which ensures that all students in every state have access to an equitable and excellent education. So within ESSA, there are allowable uses for how schools can allocate those funds, and those allowable uses also apply to ESSA funds. Okay, quick recap. ESSER, rhyming with dresser, is the funding grant that you would be applying for. 
Essa, rhyming with Vanessa, is the law that makes it all possible. Got it? Okay, perfect. Now you're ready for some more acronyms. So ESSER consisted of three primary funding streams, and most of you have probably already heard these acronyms. The first one is CARES. Now funding, that is the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. Now this is coming to an end. The end of that funding stream, schools had to obligate those funds by September 30 of this year. As in 2022. So most schools have probably already tapped into those funds, but we still have two more funding streams we haven't even talked about yet. That leads me to ESSER too. And that was the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriations Act. So this one, you have another year to obligate those funds till 9-30-2023. And then the spend date is that following January of 2024. So if schools can use those funds for any of those allowable uses that we talked about under ESSA, including technology and incorporating technology into programs to improve distance learning. The next fund is ARP-ESSER, and that is the American Rescue Plan. So schools have to obligate those funds by 2024. So there's still time. And these schools can enter into multi-year agreements to purchase software to fund these programs that they would like to enhance these programs. Um, we're going to include a handout that you can access if you would like that includes a list of those allowable uses. Some of our listeners may not know that they can use these funds for educational software, and it can be life-changing for those innovative tech-based learning programs. These schools can use ESSER funds for all allowable uses under ESSA, and additionally to address learning loss and acquire education technology, including software. So Mango fits nicely here to offer well-rounded educational experiences for students of foreign languages and English learners that can be used in blended digital online learning as schools shift to hybrid models as they return to full or partial classroom learning. And we also offer training, professional development to complement those enrichment foreign language programs and to support the effective use of that instructional technology. Beyond ESSER, what other grant programs should schools know about? I know that was the main one. And if anyone leaves and only gets one thing from today's episode, they'll remember to check out the ESSER grants. But what other grant programs should schools know about? There are a few important grants I'll mention briefly. And again, you can locate and read more about each of them on grants.gov or another search tool like grantsalert.com. Now, first, I'm going to talk about competitive grants. Now, these are private funds. This is something that comes from private funding like the Department of Defense Education Activity Unit or DODEA we talked about, or foundation grants like Kellogg's Foundation or the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Now these grants are not as predictable as the federal funding streams that we'll mention next. And you have to reapply annually, but they may be useful to tap into additional funds to expand your innovative language programs. Okay, side note here. There's a main distinction that we need to cover. So there are two main kinds of grants that you need to know about. There are competitive grants and non-competitive grants. So when a grant is competitive, that means that not everyone who is eligible will get it. These are typically private funds. And then there's non-competitive grants. These are also called formula grants. These are grants that everyone who is eligible for will get. With formula grants, there's a predetermined criteria for eligibility and a well, formula, for how those public funds get distributed. And throughout the rest of the episode, you'll hear Stephanie use these terms, competitive and formula grants, often. And they're terms you'll see all over grants.gov. Dodea was an example of a competitive grant, and now Stephanie is going to tell us all about the formula grants. 
Um, the next set of grants takes us back to that public funding like ESSA. And these are formula grants. So the first one being Title I Part A. Now Title I Part A can support a wide range of activities to help students meet their academic standards. And some may not realize that under ESSA, allowable uses that includes foreign languages. So most schools use Title I for English and math, but this is a potential use. Followed next is Title I Part C. Title I Part C is focused on supporting migrant students and their families. The next fund is Title III Part A. Now this is the funding stream that I was referring to earlier where most educators are aware of this because this supports the English language learners. Title I Part A refers to the English Language Acquisition and Language Enhancement Grant. Title III can also be used to support education for immigrants. In addition to Title III for ELs, there's also additional funding streams specifically for refugees and that is the Refugee School Impact Program. So if a school is seeing an increase in services for refugees, this could be a good funding source to meet the needs of those students. Now, the last funding stream I'm gonna talk about is probably my favorite funding stream, and that's Title IV, Part A and B. Why? Because this is focused on student support and academic enrichment. So Part B is the 21st Century Community Center Grant. Both of these funds work well with world language programs as part of enrichment after school or summer school programs. It is a lot to learn, a lot to know. So we're here to help. So of course, a lot of our listeners are learning this information for the first time listening to this podcast. They might've heard pieces of this information about getting grants somewhere else. In your experience, where do teachers and administrators learn this kind of information? There is usually someone within the district that manages federal funding, manages those title programs. So they may, they may get tips from the, that individual. They also may learn on their own. There's a lot of grant writing workshops that could be attended through small business associations. So that really, that really varies based on the individual and the experience that they're having. Okay, now let's imagine that we've identified, I'm a school district, and I've identified the grant that best meets my school's needs, my students' needs. What do I need to know before beginning the process of writing a grant? How many work hours should I expect to put in? What's the hardest part? What are some tips for writing a strong application? Well, that's a great question, and it's got multiple answers, so I'll dig in and try to make sure I answer everything. As far as the number of hours it takes to write a grant, that really depends on the type of grant and how com complex the grant is. For example, a small foundation grant might only take eight to 10 hours, but a large government grant could take up to 100 hours. And this can vary depending on the level of expertise of the team that's preparing the grant, how much support the team has at their disposal. I've personally worked with teachers who had little to no support and they were writing it in their own time. So that gives you an example of why you have to factor in that time. Based on my study and my experience, I would plan for a minimum of four weeks for a government grant and two to three for a foundation or competitive grant. And this is a guideline that grant writer or the project manager side to that grant must plan that out and make sure that the timeline is achievable and they can finish it on time and on budget. Okay, so main takeaway here, when you're preparing to write a grant for your school, do yourself a favor and give yourself and your team more than just a week to put everything together. For a small competitive grant, plan on roughly two to three weeks worth of work. And for a large formula grant, expect on average four weeks. Now, what is the most challenging part of grant writing? 
So I believe the most challenging aspect of writing that grant is probably writing a compelling and convincing statement of need, including conducting a needs assessment, and then adequately telling the story in an executive summary that incorporates the goals and anticipated outcomes in a way that compels that lender to choose your application. So that goes back to that competitive grant. You have to convince that, that grantor that you're the right person to select. In some cases, that section is the only section that reviewer is going to look at. So I think we could feature an entire episode just on tips to your conducting your needs assessment and preparing a compelling executive summary. If you'd like an episode on this or a step-by-step walkthrough webinar with Stephanie, let us know. Okay, now back to Stephanie's tips for writing a strong grant. One of the big tips that stood out for me across my career is this. Put a human face to the problem and make the story relatable. That's totally doable. You can do that. I bet you're already thinking of a couple people that you'd like to feature in the story of your school's grant. Am I right? Okay, so to wrap us up, what are the final words of wisdom that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Well, again, that you have funding available to you for world language in addition to English learner programs. Go to grants.gov. Speak to your district funding director and investigate how to tap into established annual funding, including ESSER. Check out the handout that we have for you as well, which includes those allowable uses that apply to Mango and other education technology software and services. And you can read more about federal funding we touched on through the Department of Education's website at www.ed.gov backslash programs. And if you have difficulty locating any of these funds, please reach out to me and I'll send you the information. Well, I could not have set you up with a more perfect segue myself. How can folks connect with you? Well, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. You should find me easily by searching Stephanie Bjork, or you can find me on the Mango Languages page. You can also contact me at stephanie.bjork at mangolanguages.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for being on the show. Que tengas un buen día. Ciao. Again, thank you. Ciao. Yay. Well, that was my conversation with education funding specialist, Stephanie Bjork. And don't forget, check all of the links in the description that we have for you. Every resource or recommendation that Stephanie mentioned in today's episode can be found as a link in the description down below. In particular, I recommend checking out the Allowable Uses handout. It's a short PDF that we put together for you that'll help you and your school navigate what kinds of products and services you can use your grant money for. It's super concise, super helpful. Well, that is all for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next episode of Teaching Languages Today. If you wanna be the first to know when that episode goes live, then make sure you follow the show. If you like today's show, I invite you to give us a follow, give us a like, leave us a review. And if you have some teaching friends who you think would benefit from this podcast, then feel free to share with them as well. The more, the merrier. Well, for me and the Mango Languages family, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Ciao! This episode was hosted, produced, and edited by me, Dr. Emily Sabo. Our production manager is Dr. Erica Catregli. And our audience was... Oh, wait, that's you. (laughs) 